God bless all you mothers today. Amen. We celebrate mothers today. Amen. And we celebrate fathers who support their mothers and their wives. Amen. I will tell you this. God loves people. God loves family. And the most, two most important roles that God puts in the highest esteem, the role of a mother and the role of a father has been attacked severely in our society for quite a few years. And so this morning I want to speak on God culture. Everybody say God culture. The definition of culture is the customs, the arts, the manifestations, and the achievements of a particular people, people group, nation. Amen? Amen. And so what we want to talk today about is not our current culture and their manifestations and their customs, but how to get into ourselves, in our souls, in our minds, because I believe it's in your heart if you're born again, a God culture. To bring that up from your spirit, from your heart, and into your mind. Amen? So we want to, everything and anything that does not agree with the customs, the manifestations, and the achievements of the people of God and the kingdom of God, and how God says to do it in his word, is something that we don't want to follow. And God is challenging us this morning. He is challenging us to stand up to be strong, and to be a people of his culture, and to be a people of his kingdom culture. Amen? And so everything in your culture today shouts at you and says opposite of what God's word says to you. Amen? And it's time for you to rise up as a mama, as a father, as a grandfather, grandmama, and say, it stops at least with me here today. Amen. God loves the role of a mother. He put that in place. God loves the role of a father. He put that in place. The biggest thing that is under attack for many years has been our family. And so in brokenness, I understand there's many broken families, many broken relationships. If, here, if you're here today and you didn't have a great mother, I'm going to say this. Rejoice that she made the right choice and decided to allow life to come through her. Amen. That's what I will say to those that don't maybe have the best mother or you don't have a lot of good to say about her today, I don't want you to sit in this congregation in sadness but rejoice in the fact that she chose the right path and she said yes to your life. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, I want to go to 1 Peter 2.9. Let's go to 1 Peter 2.9. But you, word of life, Christians, born-again people, you're a chosen generation. I'm going to read it. You are a chosen culture. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. I'm going to change that. You are a holy culture. Amen. You are his own special people that you may proclaim. That means open your mouth and don't be afraid to say. You may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous 
light. Come on, say, I'm a chosen generation. Say, I'm a chosen culture. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I am God's own special people that I may proclaim the praises of him who called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Anything in your family setting, anything in your home, anything in the way you do daily life, if it does not line up with God's kingdom culture, Get it out. Remove it. For God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Your lifestyle, your happiness, your success does not depend on your career, mamas or fathers. It depends on the fact that by Christ Jesus, your needs are met. Not by your job, not by how the world says it is. He will use the world's money, but you don't have to suck up to a dark, black, evil culture. Amen? Amen. So, let's talk about um, mothers. Let's talk about the mother side of God. He has motherly attributes. We're just going to talk about those just for a few minutes. God is Father. He is not mother, and I know some people would like to call him mother, but he is not. He is referred to father, and he is father, and I just tripped over my husband's shoe. And so the truth is, is that, but God, he is El Shaddai. He is all we need. He is everything. That's why he made Adam in his image, and it says in the Hebrew that he took a side out of Adam, not just a little rib bone. It says Adam was everything that God was, and then God split Adam. He took a side of Adam out, and what side of it? It was the mother's side of God. And so in Isaiah 66, 13, God is saying this to his people. He's saying, I will comfort you as one whom his mother comforts, so not as father, there is a way father could comfort, but he says about himself as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. We are Jews by heart. We are Jews, those that have believed in Jesus and accepted the sacrifice of himself on that cross. The Bible says we are Jews inwardly. Amen. According to faith in Jesus Christ. A real Jew is someone who has faith in Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said. That's not what I said. So Isaiah 49, 15 says this, that can a woman forget her nursing child? Normally they don't, but there could be a chance that they do and not have compassion on the son or the daughter of her womb. Surely they may forget, yet I will not Forget you. God has always promised you, whether you had a good mother, whether you had a bad mother, whatever, he said, I will never forget you. If you had a good mother and she was good in any way, just honor her today. Honor her that she just gave you life. Amen. Honor her that she gave you a chance to live and live out the very destiny and the plans of God. Amen. But God is saying this about himself. This is an attribute that he's taken into himself. Your mama may forget you, but I will never forget you. 
Amen. And so then if you go to Matthew 23, 37, it's Jesus is saying this about himself. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. I say today, I am willing. I am willing for Jesus to gather me as a hen, that's a female bird, as a chick would, as a hen would gather her chicks under her wings. Psalm 91 4 says, He, yes, God the Father, will cover you with his feathers. That's a female bird attribute. Male birds don't really cover chickies with their feathers, okay? They're out doing other things. But a hen or a female bird is the one that actually covers her chicks with her feathers under his wings. You shall take refuge. When the eagle or when the hawk comes by, the chicken spreads her wings over her chickens because she's going to put up a fight and the hawk knows it. But God is attributing that attribute to himself. I will cover you. He is everything we need. Whatever you need. You need a mama. You need a daddy. You need a whatever. God is there. He is all of that. He'll cover you with his feathers under his wings. You shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield. Amen. And your buckler. This is your shield. This is also referred to as a sword. Isn't that amazing? Truth is a shield. The word of God is your sword. He's given you everything that you need. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about our culture, about our society. But before I do, I want to go ahead and read Proverbs 31, starting with verse 10. I may let you, uh, if you can run through it fast, Miss Colleen, I always can think way faster ahead of it. <clears throat> so who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trust in her so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it's yet night, provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it from her profits. Yes, she has a job other than feeding the baby the bottle. And that's okay, and we'll talk about that in a minute. She girds herself with strength. She strengthens her own arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and she sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom on her tongue is the law of kindness she watches over the ways of her household she does not eat the bread of idleness her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her many daughters have done well but you excel them all charm is deceitful and beauty is passing but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised. Amen. I know I read that 
fast, but I want to give him a chance to preach this morning <laughs> so I can be a fast reader. But you guys are triple fast listeners, so that's just the way that works. But I want to I wanna mention this to you. I know that you may be sitting here this morning going, those verses of Scripture that you just read, I have never attained all of that, nor could I ever imagine that. The truth is, is those scriptures or verses are not supposed to give, put anybody under feeling bad or being critical. And you might look and go, that's a fearsome beast to behold up there. I have not risen while it is yet night. I actually like to sleep in, you know, those sort of things. Or maybe I haven't always had food on the table like I should or whatever. The truth is, is that God loves woman and mother. And it is a great privilege and the highest privilege and the highest primary responsibility of a mother is to raise a human life for eternity and for God. Nothing trumps that. A career, money, an extra car, a better house to keep up with the Joneses, a swimming pool, nothing trumps that when you actually give life to a spirit that was put in your womb to now it is your responsibility not to be God to it, but to raise it in the admonition and the fear of the Lord. And so to raise it godly, it is your privilege. It is your responsibility. It is the primary thing that God holds up high. We may not hold this up high in our society, but then you need to change the dictation of your culture around you, and you need to reform your thinking and go, this is first. I must watch well over the ways of my household. Grandmas, great-grandmas, yes, maybe your children are grown now, but you can still watch well over the way of your household in prayer and declaring yes. the promises. Yes. Find the promises that God has made over your children as a godly woman and quote them and declare them. Pray in the spirit over them. When you don't know how to pray, pray in tongues over them because God will go out and he will get on them because because of your prayers. He won't do anything for you that you're not asking him to do. But that is a way grandma and great grandma can look over. And mamas that have older children that they can't train them. They're not little anymore. They're not maybe under their roof. But oh, you can bring them under your roof in prayer. Amen. Oh, you can bring them in your household with you surrounding them with faith and love. Amen. And God always wants you to do that. When you are in a situation that you are not seeing the character of God being displayed in your children's life on a regular basis, you need to get them out of that situation. Amen. You are the one that it is your responsibility, mama. It is your responsibility to make some changes, to make some changes in your thinking and go, this cannot be in our home anymore. When you send your child to public school or to daycare, I don't know how old they are when they start daycare, maybe two, some of them go at birth. I understand women have to work sometimes. They don't have an option. I, I get that, and I'm not against work, but I tell you that God will provide for you. He will provide godly people to help you, to help you in these situations, amen? But if you are in a situation where you can make that you have to look well over the way of your household.
household. If your child is in a daycare, a preschool, school, high school, in any situation where gender fluidity is accepted, is talked about, is introduced, is entertained. You know what entertainment is? It's when you enter in to their views, their ways of thinking. Your culture that surrounds you is fighting for everything that you are saying that you're opposed against, but you must rise up and do something against it. I got tired of walking into the public school system and fighting everything they were cramming down my kid's throat. And they would listen to me because my taxes pay them. And I know what my rights are. They did listen to me. But I got personally tired of fighting. No, they're not going to read Harry Potter. No, they're not going to do an essay on the series of Harry Potter. They're going to read something else. Yes, ma'am. But I'm constantly fighting. Why don't I just pull them out? Finally, I had to for myself. Maybe we didn't have everything we wanted to have materially, but here's the deal. I pulled all my kids out finally and said, all right, until I find a Christian school that I can afford, we're going to teach you at home. I learned how to teach at home. I learned what they needed the most of. And then there was a time where I believed God and God was able to get them into a Christian environment that was a good school. Amen. And so we had both of that. I taught for six years. Then they had Christian environment school for a few years, three or four, and then they had enough going on for them that they were able to to take care of their schooling on their own. So the the truth is is that do not let the world and their ideas dictate to you what you must or must not do with your children. You are responsible. Dads, you are responsible to support your wife and to be the man of the house. And women, you need to let dads go be the man of the house. Amen. We didn't have a double income. I had to stop work, but that's okay. We still had a great life. And that is a season of our life. But we decided to pour into that human life, three human lives, eternity. We had to pour eternity into their soul because eight hours a day with gender fluid, gender fluid, gender fluid, gender fluid going against your children. What do you think? And you've got a few hours with them at night and a few hours on the weekend. What are they going to come out? They're going to have some gender fluid flowing on. Now, I understand brake fluid, and I understand transmission fluid. I do not understand gender fluid. But that is the term. You do not wake up one day and think you're a woman, and the next day you think you're a man. And you know that, and you know what God says about that. So you rise up. If I was forced to go to a public school today, I would run from Apopka High right now when I needed to go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom in the bushes. Because there is no more. There is no more girls' and boys' bathrooms from what I heard. And if they still are there, they're being constantly vandalized. And they're constantly under remodel or they're under non-usage because the other side is vandalizing that. And so it's forcing girls to go in the bathroom with boys and vice versa. So if your child is in that situation, even I am learning in some daycares now that that is being pushed on the little ones where little boys are coming to daycare in dresses. Do you think that's a bit confusing to your daughter? 
when probably at that age he's coming in in a dress, but actually he probably is still playing with trucks. Get him out of there. The easy answer is get him out. Amen. And so God is waiting on you, moms and dads, to be courageous. He said, be strong. Be courageous, for the Lord your yes, God is yes, with you. Yes. You do what you must do to make sure that human life has the love of God, the life yes. of God, every available chance for the love of God and the yes. life of God to be poured into him or her. Yes. Amen. And so I'm going to go back here, and I'm going to uh, read this real quick. No one else should be given that responsibility or duty. Do not, mamas, do not give the highest privilege and the highest responsibility that God has mandated to you over to the world. Do not give it to them. It is not yours to give. You are responsible to lead your children. Sunday's not enough. Wednesday's not enough. 30 minutes in children's church, 30 minutes on a Wednesday night. You are responsible for making sure that they get Jesus in every part of their life. And I'm not telling you you should quit your job. I'm telling you to watch well over the ways of your household on how you do your job. And let God lead you and guide you into this season when they are so impressionable. The first five years of their life, they pretty much made up a decision by five or six which way they're going to go. So those first five or six years are very important, mama and dad. Amen. And so as the role of mama and as the role of dad has been attacked by our culture, dads do whatever they want. They're not dads. They're just sperm donors. Women, do whatever you want. Be selfish and just go ahead and kill the little baby if you get pregnant. That's unacceptable. That's right. That is unacceptable. And you know it, and I know it, and the Word of God touts it. And so God loves families. He loves men to be in their role. He loves women to be in their role. He loves you. He values your life and he values the life of your children. God made us because he wanted to have his own family. And so he hates brokenness. He hates the broken chain. And if we as the body of Christ are not going to get up and fight for the family that God created, nobody else will. And so you honor your mothers and your fathers. They are to be honored. You honor the role of mother and father. Never speak despairingly of it. Never speak down on it. When I was being a mom, people would ask me, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm a household executive. (laughs) Well, I am. I'm watching over the ways of my household. Amen. Amen. There's a lot to do. You know, you shoving a piece of cold pizza pizza in front of your child every day and, and, and shoving them off to the lion's den every day, that's wrong. You only got them for a little bit. Make it count. Amen? Make it count. I love my boys, and I did everything in my power that I knew at the time to put Jesus in them and to fill them with Jesus. And um, 
when Justin finally went off to high school at a certain high school age, I, d I don't remember what year, might have been ninth or 10th grade, I saw him coming home, and this is after me having the time with him in homeschooling and Christian school, but when he finally went to, to high school at that time, even the pressure on him specifically, because he brought it up, the, the, the pressure on him to, to sleep with people and have a relationship was every day, every day. And if he didn't have a girl on his hip, from what I remember, they called him gay. You're just, you must be gay, you know. And so no ninth grader, no tenth grader should be under that kind of pressure in the class. That's not a learning environment. So anytime anything comes against the word of God like that, you are being selfish, mama and daddy. If you're putting your kids in a situation where it is not a good learning environment, they're going to school to learn, but what are they learning? And so that is our promising privilege and highest responsibility. Love your children. Love that human life. Bring them into eternity with you. Amen. God bless you. Your turn. Go to Ephesians 6, 1. Pop it up on the screen. I have a little video I'm going to show you. You'll love it. I promise. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it will be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. Your and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Okay, just a second. I tried, I watched a video of a man training a horse. At the end of one day, he was riding a complete green horse that led him on his back because he trained the horse to let him do that. I also watched another video where a man taught his dog to talk. I may, and we may bring him in here. Then I, I watched another video. This is my favorite one where there was a cat and the cat had this bad habit of taking stuff on the counter and knocking on the floor. Cats don't, people don't own cats. Cats own people. So this man took this stuffed cat and took a spoon and smacked it. And the cat watched it and took his paw and pushed everything back on the counter. Let me listen. If you can teach a cat to mind, you can teach your children to mind. They can be taught. But you have to teach them right from wrong or they're not going to know it. Now, listen, I'm going to show you a video in a minute. Just, just give me a minute. When they're young, they're impressionable. That Don't take the sweetness. That's a time of training because they are listening. There will come a day when they will no longer listen to you. It is not rebellion. It's called adulthood. God does not want them in your house forever. I'm going to shock you as a parent. He wants your daughter pregnant. He wants your son to get a girl pregnant. 
in marriage and start a family with children and raise them up. So listen, if you're trying to train them at 20, stop. You missed 18 and a half years of doing it. Don't shout me down. Don't, sh- don't get mad at me. But when they're young, they are listening. Don't stick them in front of the television set and give them a video game, and, and they're not a problem. Children are not a, 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 a problem in, in your way. They are the way. They are a blessing. All right, now I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you a video because I want to show you how smart kids are. Listen, if you're there, God put gifts in your kids. Your kids have giftings. Develop it. In our children's church right now is the mayor of our city someday. In our children's church right this minute is the future principal of schools that are tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling, right with God, will be an adult because they're learning the word. You understand that? In our children's church right now are lawyers who will not take you to the cleaners. In our children's church are doctors who will not kill you for a dollar. In our children's church are businessmen who are millionaires. But who, who's going to decide that? You are. The school is not going to, tell me the word, is it dumb down or down dumb? I just, I got, dumb down. Don't, don't let them turn your child into an idiot. My kids are my kids. That's my inheritance. No house on this planet trumps my kids. No boat, no watch, no ring, no airplane. Are you listening to me? Hit play. You start loving numbers, Luis. That, that's a shadow. That, that's, that's, that's. I remember the first time I discovered mine. Could not believe this little black boy couldn't talk. Uh, what did you say? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about that. Are, are, are your brothers and sisters, are they good at math? Uh-uh. What about your parents? Is your dad good with math? Uh-uh. Could, could you teach me numbers? Uh-huh. I, w- I want to play the doubling game with you. Okay, you got to pick a number. Okay, Six. Six. 12. 13. Oh, no! You just got to double it. Oh, I see. You got to use the calculator. Okay, 24. 48. 96. 384. 768. 
They tell me that you know how to play the square game. Yes, you just, you just turns it by itself. Okay, so nine. 81? Twelve squared. A hundred forty-four. What is a hundred and forty-five squared? Whoa, that's a high. <laughs> Twenty-one thousand twenty-five. Okay. This. Now you got it right. Can I try 162? You gotta say it's squared. Okay. Because right now, it's just 162. What you want, Steve? Okay. Okay, 162 squared. 162 squared. The answer is... The answer is 26... 244. Tell me they're dumb. My God, they are not. Kids are not dumb. You are raising a genius. You are raising a person made in the very image of Almighty God. I want you to stop and think about this for a minute. We've watched a few of these. We had one on there where the little boy named every president, and, and he said, what are you going to be when you grow up? And he said, I'm going to be a president. And I'm going to tell you something, why not? We've had idiots do it. I'm not naming names. I'm not calling, I'm not saying Brandon or whatever that word is, you know. What we've done is the devil has robbed the church. God wants children. God wants people. What is the one thing he paid for? People. Should we not get back to the putting value on what God calls valuable? A while ago, Lisa was talking about what she did. Nobody, we're not putting any kind of condemnation on you. But the world told you to put him in college. That's a lie. It's a bald-faced, unadulterated bunch of BS. College does not make your kids smart. It makes them broke. Don't go quiet on me. Now, I'm not saying if you're not called to be a doctor, then put him in school. But if God didn't call him to be a doctor, quit putting him in school to be a doctor if they're supposed to be an engineer. Why don't you teach your kids to fear God and follow God? But your family put pressure on you. I put him in school. The guy that started Wendy's don't even have a high school education. And the guy that started Chick-fil-A, he don't even open on Sunday. The world is not that smart. Right now, you're a mother. You have the highest calling. God took all of his good attributes and put them in the woman. And he sent the man out like a caveman to go work. 
I'm going to get up and go to work. <laughs> Mama, stay home. Raise the children. Now, we're going to talk one day about if you give him respect, he'll kill himself for you. But ladies, we got that's another subject. Your highest calling is those children that you have right now have giftings from God and they are to be developed. And they will never be developed if you don't develop it. And you're the one that has to look at them and go, you're a genius. And you're made in the image of God. You're going to be the next millionaire. The Wright brothers, their father was at home preaching against flying while the boys were out doing it. Religion has always tried to kill God. You say, what do we do about school? Well, I don't know, why don't you start one? You know, I've heard lately people need eggs. I don't know, just a thought. I don't care if they keep killing cows. We're going to buy one and we'll, listen to me. There's not a problem we have on this planet that we can't solve it. And we're going to have to get out of bed with that world. Train your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and turn them loose and let them be all. The greatest thing you'll ever put on this planet is godly family. Children who love God. That's, there's nothing greater that you'll ever do on this planet. Now, that's not the world's plan. Go, I got another scripture. Y'all ready? I got a book I'm going to read you. I'm not done. I'm just getting cranked up. Um, Psalm 127.3. Pop it on the screen. Now, Lisa was telling you this. We're not telling you this for you to do it, for you to be in condemnation. But she looked at me when we got married and said, when we have children, I'm not going to work. Now, let me tell you something. I am a man of God, and I can take care of my family. Now, I did not preach prosperity then, and we went through hard times. I decide, I've since repented. I didn't have to be broke and be a pastor. And if somebody has a problem with it, then you just have a problem. But we chose not to have a boat, and we chose not to have an. That's fine, but we had a family. And I asked Justin one day, I said, what was it like growing up? He said, I loved my boyhood because we had a godly family, and we had a lot of fun. Now, we, we, we didn't do a lot of stuff. I remember the first time these boys ever saw snow. We took them to Hershey. We didn't have fancy sleds. So what do we give you? We gave you a box or something. Trash can lid. Got out in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and everyone knew we were from Florida when the boys hit the snow for the first time in their entire life. They didn't know they didn't have any money. They just thought they just, this is, we're just, let me tell you something. You can have a good home. Thank God we could have done better. We can all do better. Amen. Let me, let me, let me read this, 127.3. Children are heritage. They're not your problem. They're not an inconvenience to your life. They are your life. The fruit 
of the womb is what? It's a reward. I want to finish reading this out of my Bible because, well, let me just put it up. Go to four. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so the children of one's youth. Happy is the man has a quiver full of them, and they will not be ashamed. They'll speak with their enemies in the gate. Some of you have a David in your house. Some of you have an ex-president in your house. Some of you have, you know, what was it, um, Ben Carson. Do y'all like reading stories like that? I like reading stories like that. Ben Carson could have grown up better. His mama was poor. He grew up in a poor section of town. But his mother said, not you, boy. Turn the television off and go to the library and start reading books. She refused to let them be idiots. Their mama did that. That black boy became a world-class surgeon because he had a good mom. George Washington Carver. I love these stories. If you're African-American, you can shout anytime you want to. There ain't nothing ignorant about black people, green people, wet people. Ain't nothing. That's a bunch of baloney. George Washington Carver was a black slave who saved the South. The South was saved because of a boy with no privilege at all who went off with God and taught him how to make everything from peanut butter to almond milk. And he got invited to some of the biggest conventions in America when he only owned one suit. And he stood up and taught them how to rotate crops and, and what they can do with soybeans and, 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 and financially turn the South around. A slave with no privilege. I wonder what you could do if you actually had a high school education. Your future is not in someone else's hands. It's in yours. How many more people? How many... If Satan was going to kill a generation, would he just kill them in the womb? But why is he after the babies? Why is he after those people? James Robinson's mother was going to put him up for abortion. We would have lost one of the greatest preachers who ever walked the earth. Amen. Your kids are smart. Develop it. I want to read, where's my book, Lisa? I'm going to read this book to you, and, and, I, and I'm not trying to bore you because I think you're as simple as I am. And here's a book Jeannie Bowser brought in here called The Creator in You. When I read this book, it lit me up. This whoever wrote this thing is a genius. I want to read it to you this morning, so just feel like a little kid in school for a few minutes. In the very beginning, a long time ago, God created the world so that we would all know that he himself is a working God, though you might think that sounds a little odd. He didn't go to an office, a school, or a cafe, but he worked nonetheless, much like you and I do today. In a world dark and empty, he drew up his plans. He made oceans and sky, and then he made with his work just beginning, he rolled up his sleeves. He built mountains and rivers and towers of trees. 
he grabbed a big brush and he painted the stars and he dressed up the sky with Saturn and Mars. In just a few words, he made creatures appear like polar bears, penguins, alpacas, and deer. God created the world in a matter of days, a world for exploring, for work, and for play. Before his day off, God had one more thing to do, and on the sixth day of creating, God decided to make you. Now you might think that our story is ending, but in fact, this is just the beginning because God made you look like him to act and work and create with him too. Because while in six days God created a lot, there's a lot of things he simply did not. Like bridges and baseballs and castles and s'mores, and he asked us to create and fill the planet with more. So grab a blank sheet of paper and create with your hands. Draw up some plans for a lemonade stand. Roll up your sleeves and build epic tree forts. Someday you're going to build cities and towers and ports. With every, your very own brush, paint your own starry night. Why don't you engineer a space shuttle and blast off into flight? With just a few words, why don't you write a book or a song that sparks imagination or a great sing-along. Create new businesses, movies, medicine, and hope. Make laws or computers or a new telescope. Because when you work or you make something new, you're doing what God made you to do. You're showing the world what your father is like, a God who creates to bring people delight. And when you show others the creator in you, you bring joy to the world and your father too. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that just a beautiful? Doesn't that spark your imagination? When I was a boy, and that wasn't long ago, I had an imagination. Quite the imagination. I dreamed I was a cowboy, and I went and bought a horse. And I brought it home, and I built a stable in my yard, though it was illegal. Someone forgot to tell me that. Then I built rafts like Huck Finn and floated down the river one time for a week and lived off the side of the river and, and caught my own fish. When you get older, you're not supposed to stop dreaming. God wants you to keep dreaming. He gave you an imagination. I want you to think about right now, you're going to leave here, and we're talking about Mother's Day. What's going on in the mind of your child? What's in there? What does God want to do with them? What could they be? Anything they could imagine. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. If they learn this, it should be here in church. If anybody believes in those kids, it ought to be us. I'm asking you to change your priorities. Quit sticking them in front of a television and letting someone else program them with nothing but murder and sex and violence. 
quit handing them a phone and letting them roam through all kinds of trash. And then when they get older, you're going to expect them to come to church and live for God. They're not going to. Right now, the greatest job on this planet is the raising of those children. God gave Adam and Eve the job, split Adam into two, a male and a female, and said, replenish. He wants family. The greatest gift you'll give this planet is a godly girl and a godly boy that'll get married and raise godly kids. And nowhere did he ever tell you that if that's true, you have to be poor. That's a lie. I'd like to meet Elon. I don't think he's born again, but I'd like to meet somebody who actually is using their brain. You say, well, he's scary. Yeah, I love it. I never stopped dreaming. I wanted to be a pilot. Someone handed me $50, and I went and took a flying lesson. That's all the money you had? Yep. Then I believed for another 50 Within a year, I was flying airplanes. And then I said, then I decided to quit believing for the 50s, and I started bringing for the 1,000. And I got my pilot's license. I got to fly all over the earth. I got to fly an airplane to the Philippines. I'm still a little crazy. I'm going to come over here. I loved reading books when I was a boy. I loved using my imagination. That's why I want to live forever because I have so much I want to do. Say me too. I'm, I'm 69 now I'm starting to write books. Don't tell me I'm old. I don't have any idea what that means. Children's books. You old geezer, you writing children's books. What's in you? What God put in you? You're, don't get stuck in the world. What did, he, what's he, what did he put in you? You were designed, you were designed for greatness. God never made one human act. Oops, where did he come from? I'm preaching better than you're amen. There is no accident. If you don't believe in your children, who will? If they're old enough to ask you the question, they're old enough to hear the answer. I was watching a video of a girl, a little girl the other day. It was Steve. And she was explaining the pelvis bone of a human. And she said, well, that's where babies are made. Four-year-olds are not dumb. Never mind. It's Mother's Day, and I'm going to say thank you, you mothers who've raised your children. But I'm going to say this else to you. You say, I'm a grandmother now. You're still a mom. Somebody's got to grab those kids of yours when they come over to the house and teach them to make cookies and pray in the Holy Ghost. Teach them who they are in Christ and what belongs to them. My brother-in-law, Mark, would take Brooke on dates and said, I will take you out and teach you how a man should treat you. 
That's creative ability. Don't poo-poo the gifts that's in him. I know that's a bad word to you. Are y'all out there? You go home. I want you to start right now and pray about your family. I would go in the room when Ashley was a little girl, and she was Barbie and I was Ken. That's being a daddy. I read to my children when they were growing up. I read books to them about God, about Jesus, about life. I didn't, it was not a waste of my time to take my boys off and spend a day fishing with them and then sit down with the Word of God and teach them principles from the Word. It's not a waste of time. I have a lot of things I could be doing, but nothing more important than that. And still that way today. Moms, God handmade Adam, and he handcrafted you. God made Adam, and he went, I think I can do better. Amen. And all the women said, amen. amen. Take that gift that God put in you and turn to your family and turn your house into a home. Turn people into a family. Turn the place that you, that you dwell in into joy unspeakable, the greatest place on the earth. Amen. And nobody can do it like mom. And nobody does it like mom. My hat's off to you ladies and all that you have done. But I think our best days are ahead of us. Do you all agree with that? Women, you're a gift from God. You and your husband do not compete, you complete. When your wife is talking, listen. You might be hearing from God. And all the men said, oh man. <laughs> Father God, I want to thank you for this morning. Lisa did a good job and we just came in here to honor the gift you placed on this earth called mom. This, this lady, this this person, this female that you placed in our life that cares about her children, cares about her home, and she has a heart very different than her husband, but it's a heart from God himself. She's there to make the roses bloom and the, bread and the house smell good with food, and, to, and, 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 and she's always thinking about the kids, where they are and what they're doing, and she's got them on her mind all the time. Father God, we turn her loose today to be all you called her to be. And I pray, Father God, that we will watch our children coming out of Children's Church full of fire, full of God, full of the wisdom of God, full of the mind of Christ. And we believe with all of our heart, nothing is impossible with our kids. Nothing is impossible in Jesus' name. Say that, nothing 
is impossible with our kids. One of the greatest things you'll ever do with your child is go, you are made in the image of God and you're valuable. One of my boys one time when he was little was struggling with self-esteem. I said, well, I'm going to tell you something about you. Your grandfather on my side was the professor of horticulture. And your grandfather on my side was an engineer and one of the men that designed the C5A galaxy. And he was one point below genius. I said, there's no way two geniuses and God made a failure. If they don't hear it from you, they're not going to hear it out there. We live in a society today, people struggle with um, insecurity. There shouldn't be any in your home. They ought to know who they are. Celebrate the gift in them and develop it. God bless you. The stories are true. Mom used to come in, I don't know if it was every night, and do Bible time with us, almost every night. And you were forced to do Bible time in our house, whether you liked it or not, whether you were tired or not, you would wake up and read your Bible with her. And, um, and then on Saturdays, they would do Bible time. And sometimes I think mom would get her on the piano and we'd play a worship song or two like her mother did. And then we would sit there with mom and dad and we would read the Bible as a family together on Saturdays. And not every Saturday, but there was a lot of Saturdays we did that. And I loved it. I would ask them questions, and Dad would always answer. I said, we read a scripture one time. He said, nothing is impossible for those who believe. So I said, can I fly? And Dad just looked at me, and Mom said, nothing's impossible to those who believe. Can I do this? Nothing's impossible. He didn't say no. He just said, just the Bible says nothing's impossible. That made it such a huge impression, even as a kid, that I remembered him reading and her reading stories to me as a child and I think as parents, you don't realize that you reading, like him reading Carver to me and, and stories about these great men of God before bedtime, those were great. And then even as we got older, he's, we'd be in the truck and he'd still be telling me, I'm 18 years old and he's still preaching at me. Yeah, and, and mom, which is, but it's good because it, I think it makes more of an impression on your children than you know. And that time was not wasted time because I still remember all those stories. I still have memories of Bible time every night. I still, I, I thought about Solomon all the time after she would read to me the stories of Solomon. And I'd want to know, who is this guy? How can I be like him? The only way I knew that was because she spent time in the room with me at night reading the story of Solomon and how smart he was. And then I'd ask that. I says, can I be that smart? And he said, Yeah. I said, well, how come they say we only use 13% of our brain? He said, because I think the, other, the rest of it is the God factor that they don't tap into. And if you tap into that, then you may use more than your brain than you think. <laughs> and I said, oh, so if Solomon knew how to do all that stuff. Why can I do it all? So why can I help him run the church, build LED screens, learn flying lessons, go to Bible school? There's nothing. Build, I build all the computers. He'll build all the sound. And there's no limit to how far that a person can go. People say, you got to get in one lane. Uh, my parents never said you could have to be good at one thing. So I learned to play the bass, the drums, the keyboard. I said, can I learn it? Mom said, sure, learn it all. And that encouraged me to learn how to play it all because there is no limit to how far your child can go because he always, and mom and dad always looked at me and said, you're created in God's image. And so that makes a huge impression on a kid that you may think, well, they're not going to remember the story. Oh, they're going to remember that story. You all, it all it takes is one story. George Washington Carver, he told that story so much as kids. I, I, 
And you never forget it because he told it so much. But he said, I want to read to you about a man who walked with God, who went off in the woods and talked with God. And he read us those stories all the time. And after a while, that even though you kind of, as a kid, you go to high school and you get around a bunch of uh, garbage, you still have the core of that stuff in you that your parents put in there. It's still there. It was bare, it was the foundation of your boyhood growing up. Now, you may get around peer pressure and want to be like people for a little while, and then you realize, no, I think I'd rather be like my mom and dad. So I'd encourage what he's saying, do that with your kids. Read to them at night. Take them off. Spend time with them. It's not a waste of time. I believe I'm standing here today because of them too. And we're still praying for my little brother. So (laughs) sometimes sheep try to take off. Hey, if anybody's here today. I told you you could build a living Christ. He needs new shirts now. At 50 years old, he was benching 300. And so that's, once I break that record, then I'm, then I'm, I'll, I'll be higher than he is. So he's got, he's a dreamer and he keeps dreaming. And I told him, I said, there's old guys in the gym stronger than I am. Come back to the gym, dad. So, but he's a, he's a dreamer and he, I've been, I've been back. I just don't work out with him yet. We're, we're getting, we're just, uh, believe God with me. So we love you guys. I want to read one thing. It says that God formed man out of the dust of the earth in Genesis chapter one, the dust of the ground, he breathed into his nostrils, the very breath of his own life. Took Adam 930 years to die after he sinned and, and fell from the Lord. That's how much life he had in him from God, a thousand years after he had fallen from God. Adam was a man that could name every animal, and it wouldn't even scratch his memory. But if you're here this morning and you don't know God, you don't have the life of God in you that, that Adam once had, because Adam had lost it because he'd fallen from the Lord and he had sinned and walked away from the Lord. Now, we know that man was born into sin. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus personally or you don't remember a day you said, I, I want to make Jesus Lord, come up this morning and pray. Get the very life and the nature of God back in you. It is the best thing that you can ever have. I love being a Christian. I will never regret it. I tell people I love praying in the Spirit and I love being saved because that life of God, I wake up in the morning, fellowshipping with God, talking with Jesus is the, is the only thing that fulfills a human's heart. I don't know how people do it without Jesus. And, and people that guess, well, um, yeah, I believe. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Well, if you're not sure, be sure. We're going to have our altar workers come up this morning. I know it's Mother's Day and everyone's trying to get to the restaurant. We are going to take time because the most important thing is a human soul, a human life. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.